probably did hate Mayo. And we thought it was hate at the time because these guys are trying to take away our dreams. The Football Pod Live. Thursday, June 2nd in Castle Bar. Check out otbsports.com forward slash events and get your tickets now. The Late Night LOI Pod Live every Friday at 10pm on Twitter Spaces. Follow at Off The Ball. You're welcome along to League of Ireland Late Night Live every Friday night, 10 o'clock on Twitter Spaces. Nathan Murphy with you this evening on a seismic night in the League of Ireland Premier Division. Shamrock Rovers have won the top of the table clash. They beat Derry by goal to nil. A late winner from Danny Mandreu off the bench at Derry. By far the better side in Tala. But Shamrock Rovers, yet again, the strength of their squad coming to the fore. And they're four points clear at the top of the league. Dundalk coming from behind to beat Bohemians. So Dundalk third in the table after that one. Shelburne, without Damien Duff in the dugout again. Massive win for them against Drogheda, which puts them away from the relegation zone and in touch with those teams scrapping away for Europe. And UCD, first win of the season, a 1-0 victory at Finn Harps keeps their hopes of survival alive. We want your calls on the League of Ireland phone-in show. Click on the request button down the bottom left-hand side. Johnny Ward is with us. Evening, Johnny. How are you, Nathan? Shane Keegan, good evening. Gentlemen, how are you getting on? I am very well. It's been quite the night. Uh, Shane, you were in Tala. Johnny, I think you were watching on. Initial thoughts, Johnny? Um, I don't know which of those managers would be the happiest tonight, Nathan. It's a strange one because, as you say, Derry were the better Bradley, team. I expect. He will be, but I think what's useful for Rovers tonight is... Uh, I thought Rovers tonight, it was like a European game in which they were playing a superior team. Like they, And maybe they'll have lessons from that. The team that he picked, some of them didn't really perform. Um, you know, he, he, he made some tough calls. I think, as often has been the case with Rovers, they finished a lot better than they started. But in terms of the game itself, um, in terms of the XG, and in terms of who deserved to win the game, I think Derry actually probably deserved at least a point, if not to win the game. They had chances to go ahead, just like against Pats during the week. They were by far the better team in terms of chances. They just couldn't score. And, you know, I think Alan Manis, in fairness, who I've said at times, might be a bit of a weakling for Rovers. I thought he had a great night. I thought Sean Cavanaugh was outstanding when he came on. Mm. thought... Um, you know, Lopez had a, had a had an excellent game as well. But, like, if you look at it, Nathan, in midfield, I mean, if it were a boxing fight between uh, Jack Byrne and Will Patching, I mean, it was, like, literally hands-down Patching won that. Well, we found a way to win, um, but I don't think Stephen Barley would be all that happy with tonight. Let's get straight to our first caller. Giggsy is a Shamrock Rovers supporter. Giggsy, Johnny Ward, we're, what, 10 weeks into this? He's just used XG. XG. The XG said Derry City should win. What's the thoughts of a Shamrock Rovers fan, Giggsy? Yeah, I think uh, Derry probably did have the lion's share of it. Um, but again, this I think is where our squad comes into it. You know, we made changes from the other night. Like, Graham Burke obviously scores a hat-trick uh, Monday night. So you would say he kind of has to start. Uh, but yeah, the changes came off the bench for us. Like, what we brought on compared to what they brought on, I think that might have been the difference in the end. But um, I think the lads are right there. It did, it did kind of feel like we were play- it was a bit of a European feel to the game, you know. Is that concerning for you as a Shamrock Rover supporter that Derry City, you know, who are an emerging force once again, who are chasing down Shamrock Rovers, can come to Tala and dominate midfield and look a better team? Not really, no. Because I mean, like. A lot of people have said before the season, even though uh, Derry are an emerging team, oh, it's still going to be Rovers, it's still going to be 
it's going to be a one horse race. Like, there you see, you're a very good team, you know. Um, yeah, all right, for them to come to air ground and probably um, over battle us in the midfield and stuff is not great for us, but um, you know, good teams grind out results in the end. Uh, one moment from Andy Lyons on the inside the box cuts in, has a shot keeper, parries it, Danny scores, and then. Yeah, we, we managed to see it out. Like, I mean, good teams tend to do that. Or, like, you don't want to do that every single week. But, you know, you have to grind out results, like, you know, and that's what we've done tonight. A performance champions, Shane, but from which team? Yeah, look, everything, everything Johnny has said there is true, apart from his ridiculous question as to who's the happier manager, because there is, <laughs> you're right, there is only one manager happier. Um, but, like, first thing I'll say is, Fair play to the Shamrock Rovers, I don't know, media team or staff or whoever you have to say it to. Um, I mean, you see so, so often this ridiculous thing of, you know, the home team give man of the match to their player regardless of how the game went, or certainly the winning team gets man of the match. Like, Will Patching was the best player on the pitch. He was absolutely the best player on the pitch. I thought he was outstanding tonight. Johnny's nailed it. He, if it, you know, in a toe, he went toe-to-toe with Jack Byrne and was, was the better player, simple as, and I arguably more than anybody rave about Jack Byrne. Um, but he was outstanding. Cameron Dunnigan alongside him was outstanding. The only thing I would say is, and Johnny's Johnny's kind of coming at it from a similar angle, I spoke to, to Dan McDonald there at halftime, and I see him tweeting after it as well. I'm not sure if tonight makes me more or less convinced. It arguably makes me even more convinced that Shamrock Rovers are going to win the league rather than less convinced. Because if they can be that far second best and yet again pull something from the substitute's bench to go and get them the three points, it just makes me think, well, how do you stop them? Like, how do you stop them? If you if, if, if been way better than them on the night isn't the way to get three points, what is the way to get three points? And for as, as fantastic as the Derry midfield was, and don't get me wrong, it was fantastic, Dylan Watts comes off the bench, and Mandreo might be the one who got the goal, but Dylan Watts changed that game. He absolutely changed that game. Derry, the whole thing with Derry, Nathan, was how well they pressed. They mm. pressed magnificently. And what was happening was, Rovers players were taking a touch, and then as they went to play their pass, the Derry lads were nicking it off them all every single time. Dylan Watts comes on, and he doesn't take a touch. He just kept doing it with his first touch. How do you press somebody who's just constantly moving the ball with their first touch? I thought he was the, the, the game changer, and Rovers were only better. Were, were the, the only period they were the better team was for that 20 minutes or so where he was on the field, and that was no coincidence. Andrew O'Connell is also on the line. Andrew, what were you watching tonight? I'm not sure if you can hear us there, Andrew. You'll need to unmute yourself. Not quite happening. We'll get to Andrew in a minute. Uh, Giggsy, uh, one of the issues facing Stephen Bradley is that it seems week after week a player comes in, uh, comes off the bench, makes an impact, and you think, well, now they're the form guy and they're going to kick on from here and they're going to be a mainstay in the starting eleven. And then they start the next week and nothing quite happens to them. And like Graham Burke, outstanding on Monday night. And tonight just really didn't look at it at all. Chris McCann started to get a run on the team, but again, in that Rovers midfield, really struggled. That there's a an inconsistency in that Rovers squad at the moment that, that, that I wonder is it helped by the constant changing of players every single week? Um, well, the, the players would obviously train 
the way the the system that they play. So each player will, if they're coming on at specific time, they know exactly what they're going to do. Like we we arrived uh, last on Monday, just gone against Sligo about Rory Gaffney. Rory played tonight. Um, it didn't really happen for him, and he was one of the substitutes. He came off for Danny, who ends up coming on to score the goal. Uh, but like I say, like that's I suppose the reason why you have a big squad, and you know these lads train day in day out. Like if Danny comes in for Rory, he knows what's expected of him, and so on. But yeah, I get what you're saying. Like you know, uh, Chris McCann played brilliant when he came on at half time against Sligo on uh, Monday, so probably deserved to start today. Um, but something had to change, obviously, um, because they were overrun as in midfield. So that's why Dylan came on, and the lads are right there. Dylan was excellent when he came on, controlled the game, just on everything, one touch, got us going. And um, yeah, I think once we had one it up, they obviously tried to, to push, and we could have probably scored. Uh, we had a few little chances uh, from corners and stuff like that. But look, I thought we saw it well in the end um, after one it up, but. I suppose the 75, 80 minutes before that, probably um, we need to improve going forward. It's a four-point lead at the top, Johnny, for Shamrock Rovers. We knew these three matches in a week were going to be important and that if they went wrong for Shamrock Rovers, they could find themselves in a sticky position. Now they're four points clear. UCD on Thursday night, Drogheda the following Monday and Shelburne the Friday after that. Yeah, well, they've gone through a sequence of like really tough games. They've played Pats, they've played Derry, they've played Sligo, they played Dundalk, um, they drew in Sligo and they weren't great in the second half. But other than that, they've simply won. And I remember being at the game in Talca where it looked like Derry, um, like late on in the game, it looked like that Derry the following day were going to go, I think, 10 clear. Now they're four behind. Um, and as Shane says, it's just... It's just hard to see um, how they're really going to to, to to narrow that gap because I, I think Shamrock Rovers, I mean, I think they'll steamroll those teams and they're finding a way to win. I was at the game against Sligo. Like, I have to say I was surprised McCann started tonight because he did play well against Sligo, but this was a totally different kettle of fish. And he struggled with, as Shane says, with the press. Ronan Finn struggled with the with the press. Um, Sean Gannon didn't have a great game. But playing McCann ahead of Gary O'Neill, who I didn't think had a bad game, but was taken off at half time on Monday. That was a, that was a big call. Um, I'm not sure you could say it worked out. Dylan Watson, he didn't play particularly well uh, on Monday. Like the, the first half, he was, four of them were taken off at half time, but there was such a gale force wind that it was hard for a lot of the players just to get into the game. Dylan Watson didn't play particularly well. He was taken off. But Bradley's, uh, like he just keeps them hungry and, and willing to come on and play their part. And it's been time and time again. Dylan Watson's a fantastic footballer. And when it, it must be tomorrow, like Derry kind of did run out of legs. I know they were game at the end, but they kind of ran out of legs. And part of that is because. You can you can play a really high intensity for seventy minutes, but then when you're taking on fresh legs that are just coming on with the quality of Danny Mandroyu and Dylan Watts um, and Sean Cavanagh, for example, I mean they are serious serious players, and eventually it tells. Johnny, to be to be fair to you and Giggsy, I don't know what you thought, but you you've, you've nailed it there. I I was one hundred percent sure that we were going to see Richie Cowell and Chris McCann take it off at halftime. I was absolutely positive in my head because time and time again, the same thing was happening. It was coming out to McCann. They were trying to play out to McCann. They were trying to play out to They were just too lethargic on the ball. Dunnigan, Thompson, Patching were absolutely fantastic in the press. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, 
honestly, Chris McCann, I was raving about him last week. He, he's an excellent player. Um, so he is. He's a really, really excellent player. But Chris McCann and Richie Towles gave away the ball more in the first half today than Gary O'Neill has in his two or three seasons at Shamrock Rovers. That's the truth. That is the truth. And I really, really thought the two of them, Gary O'Neill and Watts, would be sprung at halftime. I was surprised they weren't. And look, eventually when Watts did get on the field, it made the difference. But I'm, I'm with you 100%. percent i really surprised that that was the midfield pairing that they decided to start with tonight. Giggsy, go enjoy your night. You might enjoy the next few minutes as well because you can revel in a bit of misery for some Bulls fans who are on the line. Sean Conroy is with us. Good evening, Sean. Just unmute yourself, Sean, while we're waiting for Sean. I think Paul Canty is there, another Bulls fan. Ah, Sean, you're there. So, Bulls, yeah. So, Bulls were 1 0 up against Dundalk, Hello. end up losing 3 1. Hey, we can hear you. Go on, tell us what you got to say, Sean. Yeah, um, oh, listen, man, what, what can I say, to be honest? Uh, well, you just, called in. It's just, it's hard to watch, <laughs> to be honest. You know? It's, uh, oh, it, it just sucks the soul out of you. They give you false hope. And what can I say? Keith Ward? Jeez. <laughs> what, a man. what a man. Didn't do anything for us. Lost is the cup final, and then he does this against fucking uh, Bows. And uh, another thing is, <laughs> yeah. Sean has muted himself. I think I'm not sure what's going on there. Paul, come on, you come in. You can uh, finish the job from another Bows fan. How is the going? Are you standing beside Sean? Yeah, yeah, we're all on the spars, but. Ah. <laughs> we're not we're not one bit happy. There's fifty of us on this bus and we're not one bit happy. It looked very it looked look reading the report, lad. It looked like both were shy tonight. Ah, uh, they were they were shy. Yeah, like like I'm not no I'm not messing. There's no there's no no man happy now. We'll play Sligo now Friday, lose that, play Pats on the Monday, lose that as well. And like what's 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 gonna happen? Geelong didn't wave to us at the moment. Yeah, no, but like, we, yeah, we had all the way up to Derry. Come on, like, we had all the way up to Derry, got a good result, and now what this? So, Keith Ward comes on, what, with 20 minutes left, the game is one all, and within 10 minutes, Dundalk are 3-1 up. Yeah, nah. Game nah. changer. Don't get me started on him. Cost us the good final, and then cost us another round in Europe. Keith Ward, go. Well, he is gone. He is gone. All right, there's a lot going on there in that. Oh, uh, like, look, right, we're this... not happy. Look, that's all you need to know. We're not happy. The, the, it just needs to change. Something needs to change, Nathan. I'm serious. This is a joke. I'm about that as well. Come on, when you're getting to this stage, like, man, come on, when's it going to end? So you're uh, sixth in the league. You're in that position. We've said this, lads, that every week the team that are fifth and sixth, we're getting calls about. You're sixth now. Uh, you're, been you're six for the past. Surely you're not How long have we been six? We've been six for as long as I know. All season. <laughs> Surely you're not looking for a change in management after all this. Keep I don't know. If we don't beat Sligo or we don't beat Pats now, I don't know that a change in management might be the right thing. You can, see, look, you can hear the boys there. Yeah, we, we, uh, we're certainly getting the message. Uh, that's for sure. Johnny? Are you surprised by that reaction from the Bulls fans? Um, well, Bulls fans don't seem to have been all that happy, to be fair. But, like, I mean, when you go 1-0 up in a game like that, a very well-worked goal from a corner, um, you don't expect, um, 
you know, you don't expect to be absolutely dominated, and they were like so. It, I I thought Bowes would give Dundalk a very good game tonight, and um, but they they seem to cough up a lot of chances, and um, they're just seeming generally Bowes fans have spoken to this season don't seem to be that happy, which I think I think it's the case. If be careful what you wish for with Bowes fans, but maybe there are some issues. I don't know. They were poor tonight. Shane, what are your thoughts on it? I think we heard we heard from everybody bar the bus driver there anyway. I think uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, that's good good crack to hear it. But yeah, look, I mean, I don't know if anybody's seen the keyboard pass for for Benson's goal. It is absolutely fantastic. He's uh he's the League of Ireland's version of Wes Hoolan in my opinion, so he is. I, I he just got that bit of magic in him. Um, yeah, I, I, I definitely thought both were capable of getting something out of the game tonight. It is a disappointing result for them, that's for sure. I mean, I said last week that I thought they had, you know, they had the capability, based on what I saw last week, they had the capability, I thought, to potentially overtake all of those sides ahead of them and get back into at least fourth, if not third. Um, There's just, just consistency at the moment with them. It seems to be yo-yoing absolutely all over the place. Um, look, again... I, I think Keith, look, Keith and Trevor have done such a job over the last few years that, you know, even if they were to finish the season in sixth, to me, they've absolutely bought themselves enough time to have a below-par season and, and try and come again the following season. But it's how they shake them and how they try and get them back into the hunt um, for those games. As the two lads have said there, they are two huge, huge games coming up for them now in the next two, aren't they? The, the mad thing is, Nathan, I watched them against Derry last Friday, and like they could have easily won the game. They were really, really good. Yeah, they were, they were, yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's a strange one, both. I mean, you, you kind of make an idiot of yourself coming on here because one week you're saying they've turned the corner, and this could the next week you're saying, oh, they're in a rut, and this could be you could this could have applied to about five different clubs of the ten in the first in the Premier Division. So it is a bit of a mad league because there isn't a lot between maybe four or five teams. But I don't know the balls of old one nil up with the counter attack and threat they have. They shouldn't surrender that meekly. Paul, uh, one nil up at half time. As Johnny said, was it surrendered meekly? By the sounds of your frustration, it was. Look, we're, we're amazing in the first half. I don't get it. And then the second half, we're coming out and we're a different team. We play, we play awful ball in the second half. Like, I don't know what's the story. Like, we come out in the second half and it's like we're a completely different team. And we just, we, we've no legs. Like, we've no legs. We just don't play ball anymore. And then the, they, 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 the defending just, I don't know where it goes. I don't know where it goes. Was it something Dundalk did? Did you notice a, a change in Dundalk shape that got at them? Well, I don't think Dundalk played well themselves, but like, look, it's the defending. When they when they went to one up, like you can just see it happening, like cutting through our defence. Like it wasn't even they were playing good ball. They were just, we're just shite defending. We are, and it's it's every game, it's every season, every game, every season. It's the same shit. We're just normal, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it anymore. I just don't get it. Are we going to get a song from that bus at some stage or what's going on? Look, if you want a song, we'll sing a sing song. Go on, give us a song. Give us a song before you go. <laughs> yeah, boys, we're getting a song now. They want the song. They want the song. What Keep we it sing? clean. Fill the bumper. Fill the bumper. Put the rollers on the top. Put the plastics in the middle. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> we asked for that. TV we, we asked for that. We asked for that. Let's go to... Alan Sutcliffe. It is League of Ireland late night. We are uh, packed full of callers wanting to get through. It did feel like it was going to be one of those nights with so many games with teams close together in the league uh, meeting. Uh, Alan, you've been waiting a while. If you can hear us, Alan Sutcliffe, hop on. Yeah. I 
think the Bose lads are gone. Alan, are you there? Ah, we're not getting Alan either. Ah, here, we better, we better give them their moment in the sun. Uh, Go United level on points at the top of the first division. Uh, a 4-0 win tonight. Jonathan Higgins is with us. Uh, Johnny Ward is still on the line as well. How good was this, Jonathan? Well, I have to confess, I don't have my homework done like Johnny. I don't quite know what the XG was uh, for, for Galway tonight, but uh, it was a 4-0 a victory and probably... Uh, a 4 0 game, as well as the truth being told, uh, Galway started very, very aggressively, um, squeezed the life really out of Wexford, uh, and set pieces were the absolute killer. Um, they just had um, no answer to some of David Hurley's balls into the box, and uh, I think two of the goals came from David Hurley's corners, in fact, uh, the, the opening goal from Bruder and Walsh's second one, which when you watch it back, it's just, just dreadful defending a simple spin around, and he Heads the ball in from about six inches on the line. His, his first goal was actually a beautiful goal, a hooked effort. And uh, who would have thought that the uh, the guy that was the almost reserve left back at the start of the season is now Galway's top scorer and one off the uh, overall top scorer in the league. And uh, it was a quite a funny moment. Johnny will get a giggle with this one. So Galway won a, what has to be said, a soft enough penalty in the second half. Walsh was on, the, uh, on for the hat-trick. And there was kind of an awkward moment between David Hurley, the uh, designated penalty taker, and Walshie. He was kind of looking at each other, giving the eyes, and then they kind of looked, and Walshie went to step forward to get it, and up pumps John Caulfield and says, no, 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 and uh, made sure that the designated uh, kick taker uh, took it, and uh, he didn't he took it away, and he took him off a couple of minutes later as well. So no mercy shown at all for the hat-trick, but yeah, now Galway are good. Wexford were just, just one of those days where... A dominant performance, and uh, what a game is set up in two weeks' time. It's going to be massive that in, in Galway in two weeks. Cork coming to town. It feels like it could be a massive game even this early in the season. Go for it, Johnny. Yeah, like, um, Walsh, what a man. I love hearing that story because I think John Coffey, in fairness to him, he has gotten this team. Uh, he's got Are you and Jonathan sitting beside each other? No, I've been. You're very echoey, Johnny. I I shouldn't be. Is it okay now? That's that's better now. That's better now. Um, he's gotten some spirit out of them. Like Nathan, the points going like off the charts. And Walsh to be like that game against Walford, the first home game of the season, two 0 down at half time. Honestly, I'm thinking we haven't a hope this season. Like we were battered, absolutely battered. Now we're nine points ahead of them. While she was thrown up front in the second half, 31 years of age or whatever he is, top scorer in the league, I think, or or, or was at one stage tonight. Um, it's absolutely incredible and like that Cork City game I'd say it could be the biggest crowd in Galway in years like if we market it properly two teams going toe to toe Waterford hanging on in there but like it's just becoming routine the way they're playing and so much belief players coming off the bench again and doing very well and playing much better as well than we were maybe sort of seven games ago and Walshie's Walshie's story I just think it's one of the heartwarming most heartwarming stories in Galway United history how this lad has just turned it around and turned into a goal machine it should have happened ten years ago do you re- Johnny, Johnny, do you reckon, there, you reckon there's anybody clever enough in Galway? Julian Canny now, or somebody like this has 10 euro on Walsh. He had 1,000 to 1 for League of Ireland First Division top goal scorer. And he put on the bet with me as well. Uh, I think Julian put it in crypto. You can call me here. He put, it, he put the bet on at the start of the season. Jonathan, great stuff. It's going to be a cracking game. This this a fortnight, is it? Yeah, it's, Galway. it's the it could be a feast for for Galway sport and it's the weekend of the Connacht final as well. So uh, it could be a magical weekend. We'll be ignoring that one, anyways. Jonathan, great stuff as always. Thanks, guys. 
Uh, I'm up a goals, Nathan, on uh, just on Twitter. Um, the Dundalk goal is it is it Benson's goal? I don't know what you're talking about, it, Shane. On 70 minutes, what yeah. an absolute creamer of a goal! Like the the passing from start to finish is off the chart. Stephen O'Donnell would have loved it, and also just UCD. I mean, the header, the quality of the header from Kerrigan. I think that's a great story. UCD battling on in there. They've given themselves a bit of a chance now. Massive, massive win, and but that Dundalk goal, I could honestly watch it all night. I don't think we've ever had as many callers wanted to come on as we have tonight. So we're going to go, try and get through as many of them. We're also getting a lot of messages from Shamrock Rovers fans who were really enjoying listening to the Bose fans uh, singing Keith Long out on the bus home. So we might get a few more Bose fans on as well. But let's talk to Reese, Reese Fury Brogan, a Finn Harp supporter. Reese, a tough night, beaten 1 0 by UCD, bottom of the table clash, UCD's first win of the season. And that puts you right back in the mix. Right back in the mix, an absolute shambles of a night, I thought. Uh, you know, a side like UCD, you know, and a side like Van Harps, we should be playing them off the park. An absolute Boy. game of pinball, over and back, back and forth. Um, just the midfield couldn't get into it at all tonight. They weren't let into it. And then you got Jack Keeney playing in the middle of the park for them, spraying balls left, right and centre. I think we'll struggle to stay up, to be honest with you. I think we all. Uh, Liam Kerrigan scored a brilliant header as well laid on to win it for yeah, UCD. That's what UCD were waiting for, just something, just waiting for that. that I don't know, Reece, should, you, should, should Finn Harps be expecting to play UCD off the park? Well, I wouldn't say, would you, well, I said off the park, a little bit too extreme there, but at least 2 or 3 nil, at least, you know, and they end up, honest to God. I, I think, I, I think Reese. in fairness, I would actually... If I were a Harps fan this season, I would worry on two levels. I think they will avoid um, bottom. I think they still will because UCD, I expect, might lose those two key players and whatever else in, in the summer. But I wouldn't guarantee Harps winning the playoff at all this year. I no, think whoever goes up... I absolutely agree with you. The way Galway and uh, Waterford and, and uh, Cork are coming in, they're coming in red hot. Like, and I think we just, if we do make the play... Now, Reese, you're gone. The old uh, connection up, fortunately, up in Bally Buffet is never going to be the greatest. Are you there, Reese? Hello? I think he's gone. I think he's gone. Let's go. Reese, you're back. You're back with us. Go on. Yeah, I was, up there for a minute. There, uh, I was just saying there, you know, uh, even if we make the playoff, um, the likes of Cork, Waterford, and and, um, and Galway as well, they're coming in red hot, like, so... You know, I think if we get hit by one of them, we'll get hit hard and that'll be the end of it. Shane, uh, you obviously didn't get to see the game tonight. Uh, Shell's victory over Drawhead, I mean, there's sort of three of them down there now and Shell's have dragged themselves clear. From what you've seen of UCD, Drogheda and, and Finn Harps, and with the caveat that UCD may well end up losing two of their better players from the summer, uh, do you go along with that, that Finn Harps are in real trouble? Yeah, it's a big, it's a very, very surprising result, Nathan. By the way, I'm multitasking at its finest here now. I'm filling the car with diesel at Junction 14 here, but uh, <laughs> stay, stay with me. Um, yeah, I wouldn't have seen that result coming. I definitely, definitely wouldn't have seen that result coming. I thought, I thought Finn Harps would have way too much for, for UCD. It is a pity that UCD are going to lose the two lads because on the back of that result tonight, you'd be thinking, you know, they would have fancied their chances now of making a fist of it, but... The fact that the two lads are probably going to go, it's 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 really, really hard to see how they, even after tonight, how they finish anything but last. And I suppose 
the interesting one, speaking to a few kind of people involved in and around the first division, um, you know, if you're, it'd be inter- so Johnny, you're, you're obviously, for, you're a, first, uh, a supporter of a first division team, right? So let's say Galway don't go straight up and let's say they do end up winning the playoffs. Who would you most like to face out of Drogheda and Finn Harps if we're assuming UCD do still finish last? That's that's a good question because Harps are like literally, you know, they're the past masters of surviving playoffs and um, Drogheda probably have a bit more about them. It, it would depend on how the teams were going in at, at that time. Um, I'd probably say Finn Harps because I've watched them. They're not great. And um, I, I, I genuinely think Drogheda are probably a slightly better side. But the problem with the, the problem with the first division, Shane, is that the situation with the playoffs, it's massively disadvantages. Galway United, Cork, or Waters, two of them teams, because they're going to be miles clear of probably um, second and third could well be miles clear of fourth, but they have to win two games just to get to that playoff. And whoever finishes second will be a bit demoralised that they haven't won the bloody thing. Um, and I think that's a factor as well. So I don't think I, I'd be absolutely gutted if Galway United don't go up this season. There's yeah, no, every I chance get, they won't. I get where you're coming from, right? But but Johnny, if you finish second, particularly this year, particularly this year, you know, with the, the amount of quality that you so that there'll be something going on in the first division that doesn't involve re-election or doesn't involve um, trying to reach the playoffs. I, I don't. I, I like the playoffs to an extent. I think five teams out of nine is a bit mad. But that's the way it is. It's just whether you like it or not, it's not. It's not easy at all for the team who finished second to even get to the playoff final. Not to mind um, get up. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. I agree with that. I just think this year, to me, so far, the two teams look so far ahead of the rest that they just have to be capable of getting their shit together and, and making sure that they do make the, the, the promotion, relegation, payoff, whichever the two of them misses, misses out on it, you know? Yeah, and in fairness, I do think, um, lastly on this, Nathan, I do think for the betterment of the Premier Division, two of Galway, Cork and Watford will be better than any any of the three that are in the bottom three this season in the Premier Division, just in terms of the, the quality of the, the, you know, the stadia and the, the clubs themselves. 
and just the fan base that they might have. And that's don't disrespect, even though I'm clearly disrespecting you, you want yeah, geez, Reese, uh, Johnny Ward has really got to town with you there. Ollie Horgan back home in Galway for a playoff. Yeah, you can, uh, they'll be putting that up in the dressing room. <laughs> oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> uh, so it is just down to the magic of Ollie Horgan. You've drawn it away next week, is it, for Finn Harps? And then, um, can't remember who's after that. I think it's Dundalk at home. So, listen, no matter what. It's all tough games from now on and anyway, so from the start to the end. But, yeah, I'm just... I don't think this this year he can work his magic and keep us up. All right, Reese. thanks a lot for calling in. It is League of Ireland late night. It's the League of Ireland phone-in show. We're live every Friday night. If you click the button on the bottom left, the request button, you can come on, talk to us live. We'd love to hear from Derry fans uh, making that long trip home from Tallaght this evening. But right now, let's hear from Mick Fallon. Uh, Mick, a Shamrock Rovers fan, I think, Mick? Yep, Shamrock Rovers. What did you make of it? Um, I think we probably just repeated what we've done quite a lot over the last three years. That can, it can be frustrating at times to watch, but you just know last 15, 20 minutes we're going to do it, you know? Do you expect more than that? Sometimes I do. Sometimes I get, I get really frustrated. I know other always fans do as well. Um, and I, I think having such a big squad... It probably feeds into them problems as well, trying to keep everybody happy and juggling and lack of consistency. But uh, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to be. It's hard to be disappointed. But I mean, yeah, we do get frustrated sometimes. There is almost the situation, Ethan, with the subs, like the five subs. I'm personally not a big fan of it, but it massively helps. Yeah, I just think it's I just think it's a bit much. Um, on one level, like it gives players more game time and it gives peripheral players a chance, but it seriously, seriously advantages. If the playoffs don't advantage the top teams in the first division, the five sub really advantages them. Overs an edge and you break it up, Johnny. We've lost you. Um, can you hear me now? Yeah, Sorry, yeah. So the five subs, it just gives Shamrock Rovers and the stronger teams with the squad depth they have. And fair enough, you might say, well, that's squad depth versus others. But it gives them more of an advantage. Like, I, I'm not a massive fan of the five subs, but Rovers are using it very well. Nathan, I, I, the one thing that, that I thought tonight, and I think you deserve serious kind of kudos for it. So Rovers couldn't get into their groove. They couldn't get motor in. You know, they, they didn't seem to have any attacking threat. Who do you bring on from your wealth of attack and talent? So Stephen Bradley manages to kind of spot that their biggest problem is that all three of their centre-halves are right-footed, that Derry are setting up to send it across to the left of the three of them, knowing that he's right-footed, and that's how they kept forcing their turnover. So his way of making them a, bigger, a, a better attacking threat is to take off one of the three centre-backs and replace him with another one of the three centre-backs. Like that. A conventional move in terms of trying to make you better in terms of going forward, and yet it paid massive dividends. Johnny touched on it a little bit already about Sean, how well Sean Cavanaugh did when he came in. It gave them far, far greater balance, and it just it just meant that they were able to start getting out a little bit better now. And I, I think a lot of credit has to go to him for 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 coming to that conclusion that that was the first change he needed to make. That, that that's a, that's a very good call, Shane. And um, just on Sean Cavanaugh, Nathan, like. I, I was talking to a few people about him who were basically suggesting he was 
probably going to struggle to play again the way he was recovering or otherwise from the injury, which I think was sustained uh, in a pretty bad tackle, if I remember rightly. And he's he's such such a good footballer. I didn't I didn't realize how good he was defensively until I watched him against Sligo the other night, where he saved Rovers on a couple of occasions. Same thing tonight. Possibly the best passer of the ball um, from the left back position in the league. He's he's a brilliant brilliant left foot in him, but he he really saved Rovers tonight. And like I, I in fairness, Stephen Bradley, that was a that was a call. I don't think many managers would have made. Uh, Mick, uh, on that, Stephen Bradley does deserve enormous credit because, listen, he has the squad, but he seems to get his substitutions right week after week after week. Oh, yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to give him credit. And, like, with the five subs and having such a big squad, you could you could nearly even get that wrong. But uh, he always seems to pick the right players at the right time. Sean Kavanagh were always a better side when, when, he's, uh, when he's on the field, whether he starts or whether he comes on. Um, yeah, he 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 generally does make a big call and get it right. Mick, I'm I, I, I'm a Spurs fan in terms of Premier League football, Mick, and, and we had it a lot under Pochettino, where it was happening a lot. He was making game changing substitutions, and we were coming back from from positions. But it does lead you to the inevitable question of, well, which do you do? Do you do you praise the manager for the game changing substitutions, or do you question how he keeps getting? The- that's the conflict I think every single hoop has had for the last three years <laughs> that's the conflict I have in my head like why did we not get it right at the start it's annoying but like how do you complain when we're we are where we are you know it's um, I just hope he gets it right for Europe that's the big thing for me and I'd say that's the big thing for most people um, I hope he gets the right cause for Europe and I think we know now who are those players so I think Danny Mandrew was uh, nailed on I think Kevin has nailed on um, it's, 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 it's do or die now I think it, there is two ways of an, analysing Rovers make this season there is whether they can retain the title and it does seem as though the strength and depth that they have in the squad will put them there or thereabouts but there's a second question then of can they progress in Europe and will it be better than last season in Europe have you seen anything so far this season to suggest that they will be better in Europe this year um yeah, I think I think Danny Mandry is a far more settled player. I think he uh, he offers a lot more than uh, than he did when he first signed him. I think that's uh, I think that's a huge thing for us. Fit on Kavanaugh, I, I, I think I know he's one of the same two players, but he just makes such a difference. The balance he offers us and the composure he brings to the to the side. So I think those two, uh, Gary O'Neill, Mister Consistency, is going to be huge for us as well. And I don't think anyone's really mentioned it, but. Richie Tell in the last five or six games has been a different player. He's been a uh, thing to tell that we we all expected would come to Rovers, but never did. It took him a while. So there, uh, I think those those few reasons, I think we're in a far better position now than we were last year. What do you think, Shane? Uh, look, I, I I don't know if I I think Richie Tell has been in a decent vein of form. I don't know if he was fantastic tonight now I, I, I thought he struggled a little bit I was surprised he got the, the full 90 to be honest um, look he, he, I mean Mick has touched on it there Gary O'Neill I know you know I tend to damn names pop up with me kind of weekly but I just I commit to consistency is exactly the word he was he was so so badly missed tonight I think 
Uh, he just put, put him in the centre midfield for the rest of the season and leave him there. And look, if you go behind in a game and you're chasing the game late on and you don't need that metronomic passing style that he has where he just keeps it tipping over, okay, then take him off at that stage. But for me, I just can't understand how he would start any game without him in the centre midfield. Pull him off if you're chasing, but start him every time. Mick, thanks for the call. Thanks, lads. Let's go to Owen, Bray Wanderers supporter. Owen, what do you got to say for yourself? Two old draw treaty tonight. Yeah, um, I'm at the, I was at the game earlier, and in in kind of a positive way, there's mixed emotions. Obviously, I'm I'm extremely proud of the players, the character, and the all that they showed tonight. Gone behind twice. Um, it was exceptional, and that second half performance was really good. But Oh, there's just a little bit of me in the 93rd minute. We had a fantastic chance where we just couldn't force the ball over the line to win it. And that, that little bit of me is just itching away. But the, the performance tonight, especially the second half, was really good. And I'm so proud of those players because the, some character, especially after conceding with 10 minutes to go to come back. Well, in fairness, Owen, I think we're about, uh, what, 10, 12 weeks into this and you're the first Grey Wanderers caller who uh, has said something positive about the club. <laughs> Well, there doesn't want to be negative, okay? If you want me to be negative... No, 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 <laughs> listen, a bit of positivity. There's no harm in that the odd no, time. I'm very proud of the players. I have a lot of respect for them, but tonight that the character they showed to come back was really good and top-notch. And hopefully this is this is something to build on. That second half performance was something to build on for the boys because we've flown in two weeks now and I feel like we have to get the win. We have to get the win there and then build from that. Have things settled down off-pitch? Uh, yeah, a bit more salt off the pitch, thankfully. Um, last week was peaceful enough, and then none's really happened this week. So, yeah, hopefully, things sell down. We just focus on the football. That's what we want to do. All right, good stuff. Thanks a lot for the call, Owen. Let's go to D McCall, uh, Derry City supporter. Evening, D. How's it going? I'm um, on the loose. So hopefully, the sign's not too bad. Um, oh, I don't see what could go wrong. Yeah, exactly. Um, surrounded by Rovers fans as well, which is interesting. But, uh, oh, disaster. Uh, uh, devastated is probably how I would say tonight. I've left, I've left Tala some of the times frustrated and thinking we're light years behind Rovers. Why are we ever going to get there? But for the first 70 minutes tonight, you know, I think we dominated the game. Um, Rory Higgins made a point at the end where he said the match in the brand deal was more of a play and we got a last minute winner. Whereas tonight, you know, we were the better team. And I think after the initial 10 minutes of being frustrated, disappointed, you have to just think to yourself, we're going places, we're, we're closing the gap, gap, we're getting closer. And I've, I've been on here a couple of times and I've always said over the last few weeks that, you know, Derry fans don't really think we're going to win the league this year, but we're sure as well going to win it in the next couple of years and we keep going the way we're going. Um, we took Rovers on tonight without Mickey Duffy, Patrick McElhaney, Cameron McDonald, Kieran Harkin, you know, like... You look at our bench, you look at Rovers bench. Rovers bench won the league, or sorry, won the game tonight. And that's the difference at the minute. We just don't have that bench, but we will, and we will get there. So I think I've, I've, I've got over the initial disappointment. Now it's just looking forward and thinking, let's just maintain that second position. And if Rovers do drop points, on that, um, on that, Nathan, I think Shane, Shane was kind of saying it was ridiculous that I said which manager wouldn't be the, the, the you know, would be the happier. I mm. think that's exactly what Damon's saying there. If you look at, if you're playing the long game here, who are going to be champions next season just watching tonight? Derry City must have every chance because they're going to add in players. They, Roy Higgins is in 
the job. I think he's in the job just over a year. So they're not really expected to win the title this this year. And fair enough, they'll be disappointed tonight. But like when when he wakes up in the morning, he'll be thinking of of the performances of Patching, Dummigan, um, you know, like several of his players were very very good. He'll be thinking of the players he has to come back into the squad. Stephen Bradley will wake up tomorrow morning delighted they're four points ahead. But we'll, we'll, we'll be thinking we have a serious serious challenger here. Um, if not this season, next season, a serious challenger, and that's why you think Rory Higgins would be delighted because they should have won, they should probably have won the game. Not to mind that. Yeah, look, I I, I get it. I, I get where they're coming from on it. Right? I suppose I was sitting there and I watched I watched Higgs walking off the field, right? And I've never seen a guy shaking his head so much. But I understand why he's shaking his head. He's shaking his head because they've put in back-to-back very, very impressive performances. And from those back-to-back impressive performances, they have one point. So that will cause you to shake your head. You'll be like, how the hell can we only have one point from this? But you're right, he will. There are a huge amount of positives from him, for him to take from it. They really, really are. I would not have predicted in a million years that the game would go the way it did for 70 minutes, which was pretty much complete dominance in terms of possession. Okay, maybe not clear-cut chances. McManus made that one really, really good save from McGonagall at the back post, but... They were just so well organized. They really, really were. They had a real clear game plan as to how they were going to go and press Rovers, how they were going to make it. It was working a treat for them. It was almost like, here, Rovers, have the ball in your own third and try and play out because every time you do, we're going to take it off. And Shane, if you're, if you're a coach, like, what do you say about the goal? I mean, like, Brian Maher was absolutely spectacularly good with the ball at his feet. He looked like a Premier League goalkeeper. Had very little to do in the game. And then this kind of, like, it's good play, obviously, by... Um, it's good play by lines. He cuts inside. It's it's not a great shot. Maher maybe could have done better, but at the same time, you're wondering, like, could he have done... Where could he have put the ball? Like, it wasn't even a great goal, and you're kind of like, well, was there even that, that much we could have done better there? Oh, but two, two points on the goal for me, Johnny. First one is, the goal is... Watch the goal back. The goal... Lines does well, and Mandreo does well to follow the ball up. The goal is Dylan Watts. The Dylan goal, Watts' pass. Dylan Watts' pass. 100% Dylan Watts' pass. The second thing I'd say on it is I thought the Boyce-Lions battle was tremendous battle all night. I thought it was a couple of individual battles on the field tonight that were, were fantastic to watch. Um, obviously, Patching and Jack Byrne, as well as Dunnigan, probably came up against Powell quite a bit. But the Boyce-Lions the Boyce, uh, battle was a fantastic battle to watch. Uh, so it was real, real to and fro, taking it in turns to get forward. The big thing there was when Lions picked that ball up, I think he initially picked it up outside the box. If Boyce isn't already on a yellow card, Boyce yeah. tries to win the ball outside the box and is willing to give away the free and potentially pick up a yellow card and do it. Because I... Boyce is on a yellow, he cannot chance making that challenge. He has to back off Lions more than he would have liked that, and Lions exploited that brilliantly, so he did. And ironically, um, or, or not ironically, in the words of An- Alanis said, he shouldn't have been on a yellow card because it was never a yellow card in the first place. Now, he knew he was on a yellow card, um, but at the same time, that was another thing Derry were lucky about because it was, it was a, a challenge that maybe merited free, but it was never a yellow card. It was just one of these kind of old-fashioned challenges. So um, there it is for Derry. Agreed, yeah. Going back to Johnny's point, D, about which manager would be happy, I, I, I guess the point he makes is that they've stood up in the biggest test of the season away from home against the champions and outplayed them for the vast majority of the game, that even if there is four points in it and 
Rovers have a, an attractive looking fixture list. Derry have the quality there that they can go on a run. You do not see them falling away. So maybe, why not this season? Because we own football. It's all, it's all very well saying what will happen next year. Why not just go and grab it now? Yeah, no, I, t- I take your point. Um, but, I mean, you looked at our bench tonight. Our Rovers looked at our bench before the game started and probably thought, well, there's maybe two players that come on from the bench for a thing on five. So I just don't think we've got the squad depth for this season. Like, I mean, Patrick McLeany looks like Brewery says at the end of the game he'll be out, he'll be out for another two or three weeks. So he'll miss the next three matches and we've had back after the break. We don't know how long Michael Duffy will be out. And obviously here in Harkins out for the season. Um, so... No, I, I take your point. I mean, I, I think we're going to be in second place. Um, it just depends if we can maintain a run. But, I mean, Rovers could go now and win another five and six in a row. Um, and where would that put them? You know, so, look, overall, I think we're further ahead than we thought we would be at this point. Um, so that can only be good for the future. And if we do get a few players maybe and in the summer, and then Duffy comes back to McIlvain says, but... Yeah, we could we could potentially put it up to them, but I just think we'll be a few points short. But sure, we finished what 25, 30 points behind them last season, you know. So, you know, like maybe five, six, seven points this season. Sure, that's that's fantastic because you know you've already said like you know Derry are 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 back, are back and they're contenders and they're going to stay there. You're saying all the right things in a Lewis full of Shamrock Rovers supporters. Uh, thanks a lot for the call as always. <laughs> Right, no worries. Let's go quickly and run through a few more callers on League of Ireland late night because it is a packed show tonight. Evan Cullerton, uh, you've been waiting patiently for about 20 minutes at this stage. What do you got to say for yourself, Evan? Well, lads, we're um, here with me cousin again this week and we're, oh, here we're, we go. Just back. <laughs> we're just back from the Warper match. So uh, who's talking on whose behalf right now? Uh, it's Evan talking now. Uh, I suppose Evan's calling me. I can pop in. Um, so four-two win over Cove. Yeah, absolutely. Look, it was it was a bit nervy in fairness. You conceded one fairly early. You know, it's, it's not something you want to be doing. Obviously, now came back and equalised, and again we went back down to tier one, which isn't isn't the most promising of things. Now look, we're at home. In fairness, I have to say I was only saying it to Evan here at the match it was it was one of the best atmospheres i've seen in the rsc now in a while um the place was actually hopping i think there was 2200 people which you know what i mean it might be massive or whatever but it was, it was brilliant like that's um, close like the three teams the three teams in the first division like the crowd the average crowd more or less of nearly three thousand between them yeah yeah no absolutely it's brilliant and in fairness you know for a team that hasn't been playing the best i will say you know probably since we came into the division really and especially since you know leading up kind of Morris's last few games to have the away support that we're after having you know we're after trying to go to all of the away matches myself um, you know and even the fans that the matches we haven't got there's always great away support there's always great support in the RSC you know you always have people that say oh, I'm not going to see that again there next week you always go back to it you know what I mean it's kind of as much as you wouldn't want to be going back when you're losing, we always did. Yeah, but thankfully now we're back around winning again, which is nice to see. Well, the the, the RSC is a funny ground because as much as it has a running track around it, it's actually really, really loud when it gets going. It is, yeah, absolutely. I probably hate that part of it, to be honest, is the running track. It's nice to be a bit closer to the pitch, um, which we kind of saw last week in Bray. You know, we had a Louis Brayton score two goals and he was over celebrating on top of all the fans, you know what I mean? It was... That was brilliant. You don't get that in the RSC, but it is. It does hold the sound very well, you know. Um, and even we had Cork City away, or we were at Cork City were away up with us, and they had a lot of a, a lot of away support. And even their side was very loud. So 
it's actually a decent ground, I suppose, for that as a respect as well, yeah. And lads, is there any update on what's going on with the manager situation? I don't know personally, but like I said last week, I'm more than happy to leave Gary keep doing what he's doing. <laughs> doing nothing wrong anyway. Yeah. He's not doing nothing wrong. Yeah, Do you see yeah. any way, lads, that Waterford can close the gap on Cork and Galway? I don't, I don't know about that now. I'm not too sure. Now. As much as I'd love to say it, obviously, it's tough, you know. They're, they're definitely a few points ahead of us anyway. <laughs> yeah, nine behind another, at the moment. Yeah. I have to say another positive thing. Uh, Junior was back from injury today, so he came on, he changed the game for us. So I have to say, prepare for him. Yeah, like Waterford have, Waterford have serious players. It's just the problem was their performances under Ian Morris, because if the season started now, it'd be, it'd be, Watford could nearly still be favourites. It's just the nine-point gap. You'll be hoping, obviously, Galway Cork, they're gonna, one of them, will, or both of them will drop points, but, like, the, the game, it, it's, it goes without saying, Watford pretty much nearly will need to win all their games, like, to have a chance. Nathan, Absolutely. The other, Nathan, the other thing I noticed is, Evan needs to work on his Waterford accent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cousin has a far more blah Waterford accent. Cousin could, the cousin could be John Milan for all we know. <laughs> I'm not, no. Well, we'll actually say, we'll, we'll leave a little secret, uh, secret slide there. Evan's not actually from Waterford. Oh, well, that explains it. Evan's just outside of it. <laughs> well, look, he's actually, Evan's actually from Wexford, technically, but look. It's closer to Waterford. He, he decided to hop on the bandwagon when I was supporting Waterford. He said, we'll get, all, we'll get involved. It's better to be supporting the Wexford anyway. That's for sure after tonight's result. All right, lads, great stuff. Keep the calls coming. On and all, lads. Evan and his cousin, uh, happy Waterford fans tonight. Uh, Ush Bosch is another regular caller. Uh, Finn Harps fan. Uh, calls us during the good times and the bad times. And bit of panic among the Finn Harps supporters tonight, Ush. Oh, it's not good. Hey. Not good. <laughs> Very disappointing. Hey. Um, you know, it's just the way, like, you know, they got the one against Shelburne. You know, like, what, the last one match, you thought they'd be able to kick on, but... Ah, oh, it's just so frustrating, you know. It's really, really frustrating. Oh, boss, did, you, did, you, did you create any chances at all? Or, like, you know, was it a game that you felt you deserved to get something from? Or were you just, were you just second best? Ah, well, it was very, very scrappy in the first half. My heart did have a few chances, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I thought I thought I kind of had an idea it would be kind of scrappy enough, kind of both teams like. But the way Harp set up with five at the back, like you know, it's just I wasn't very happy with that. There, I was hoping. Come on, come on, you're fucking come on. What's going on? What's going on? Um, so yeah, um, someone getting thrown out. Yeah, no, no, just walking back to the car here. But um, I just at the point, hey, the way 
you know, Harps had a few chances in the second half, and uh, you know, it's just didn't win really. But no, I'm really disappointed with the whole performance. You know, I'm I'm just looking here again, and I know we kind we kind of half discussed this a couple of weeks ago. I think when you were on, like I I was looking at your team this year as you were putting the squad together, and I was going, you know what, I I like to look at this year, and I was particularly looking at centre midfield, and I was thinking, you know what, Bastian Harry, Ryan Connolly, Barry Massamy, if you get the three and old boys playing, that's a serious midfield, and. I'm looking at tonight, and I'm seeing right. Am I right, saying Ryan Connolly, Bastian, Harry, both on you and substitute? Yeah, well, that's, that's, that's probably a fair point. But uh, Harry, obviously, I think he lost his mother there, so he wasn't involved the last two matches. He, he came off. He came on at half time tonight. Um, good to see Connolly back on the pitch. Um, you know, obviously he was out for. We missed him badly. You know, in the last few matches, so he came on. You know. Yeah, look, you need to get players like that back into the side and, and, and motoring for you, really, don't you? Yeah, we do. And I think that match against Drogheda now is a massive one next week, you know, um, because, you know, obviously coming into this match, there's a chance to put some put a bit of gap between us and our new CAE. But, uh, you know, we're, we're chasing Drogheda now, so a win next week is a, is a big, big result if we can get it. That's a hard one to call because, like, both of them are going in in shocking form, really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Drogheda kind of fell off. They had a, didn't they have six matches in their row that were unbeaten and then they've lost the last four now, is it? So, you know, they're in the same type of level as us, really, form-wise. Oh, should we let you get back to the main streets of Bally Buffet by the sounds of us? Yeah. Uh, we'll head back, to, head back to lovely most 45 minute drive here now, so uh, <laughs> a, few, right. a few drunken stragglers here, but uh, <laughs> we'll get them home anyway. <laughs> That's the main thing. Yep. Cheers, lads. Thanks. Man, safe home, Good luck. See you. Bye bye. All right, let's rattle through a couple more callers before we wrap up in League of Ireland late night. Luke Jennings is with us evening, Luke. Good evening, Nathan. How are you? Very well. What have you got to say? Yeah, so um, obviously the Derry Rovers discussion has been um, heavily covered. I was at that game tonight. But um, one thing that stuck out for me is that it just seems Rovers really don't have a. Somebody that's got to, you know, dominate possession against them. It seems like almost every week it's the same story. You know, you go to the tally, you stay compact, and you try and nick a goal or you get a point. And it just seems like, obviously, Derry were golden patches in the first half. But overall, if you were to say to somebody who didn't know the league table, if that was second be first, you'd be quite surprised at full time. Well, absolutely. And like you're saying, somebody's not to dominate. Like, Rovers have Jack Byrne. They've Danny Mandroyu, they have Graham Burke, they have Dylan Watts when he plays, they have Gary O'Neill. And in the first half tonight, they were they were like a team that was they were like it was like Sean McGovern's playing against a superior team in Europe. Yeah, for sure. That's it. Um yeah, it's uh like obviously it bodes well for kind of cementing folks in Europe and having a good lead at the top of the out of top of the table, but domestically it doesn't really bode well for other teams because you kind of I was like I thought back to the Dundalk Rovers game in uh, March 2020 when the 3-2 and it almost felt like it was two teams going neck to neck but tonight it was just it just wasn't the same I can't put my finger on it it just seems like Rovers have so much quality in their side compared to Derry who are only getting going Luke you, you, you absolutely have to find another few gears before Europe comes around because that sort of performance will be nowhere nowhere near good enough in Europe and you know like it, it's it's you're top of the table. I would be stunned if you don't go on and, and, and win a league title. But you could potentially win a league title without ever playing anywhere near the standard that you're capable of reaching. 
Um, and that's, you know, reasonably satisfactory to do that. But, but Shane, would that not suggest that that is the standard they're capable of reaching? That maybe you're overestimating what you think these players can achieve? I, I think, you can't go through an entire season. No, no, but I think, Nathan, like Dan, Dan McDonald touched on this in the newsletter today, and it was definitely true against Talon last season. They, they didn't get away with stuff that they did get away with in the League of Ireland. Mm. But, yeah. th but that, that's the point, that, that's the point I'm, I'm, I'm making, I guess, that yeah. we seem to talk week in, week out about Rovers eventually getting to that next level that everyone knows is there. But if it never happens, maybe it's just never there. Yeah, and look, if, look, you're right. Obviously, if they go the entire season without it clicking, well then, yeah, well then we are wrong. Then we have overestimated it. But, I mean, we're not, technically, we're not, you know, we're not even at the halfway point yet. We've seen flashes of it here and there. Um, I still think it has to come. I think there's too much quality there. Now, by the way, again, you know, it's so easy to make the dairy argument because, obviously, they haven't had the two lads uh, almost at all. Uh, Duffy and McElhenney, like, Jesus, lads, can you imagine, can you imagine how exciting it would be to be going down to the last couple of games of the season, potentially an FAI Cup final between the two sides, where you've got Rovers in full flow with the ridiculous strength and depth they have, you've got Derry with the two lads back, everybody else kind of still fully informed, like, imagine the two of them going head-to-head, -head, Johnny, with, with, with Pat and, and Duffy on the field as well. Like, oh, it, it, it would be just mouth-watering. At the, at the Aviva Stadium, Shane, like, bring it on. Yeah, it'd be absolutely mouth-watering. Although, obviously, I won't go United to get a bloody good run in the Cup this year. We seem to draw, like, Shamrock Rovers or someone like that in the first bloody round. And this season, we might actually have a chance of doing something. We haven't won anything since 1991, Shane. It's 30 years, 31 years. So, um, if we don't do it, though, Rovers and Derry will be a great final. Well, it doesn't need to be the final. The penultimate game of the season, according to the current fixture list, is Shamrock Rovers against Derry City and Tala. I don't yeah, know, though. I, I mean, I don't think that game will necessarily matter at that stage. That's my prediction, anyway. Luke, what, Luke, what, what, do, you need, what do you need to do? Like, what? What needs to be corrected there, or what needs to happen for you to, to reach that level that we, you know, I think most of us believe you are capable of reaching? I think we can, the main factor is we have to be pushed. Like, I was I was at the Sligo game on Monday, and there was, like, Bradley made four subs at halftime. He was just like, you, 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 and you, you aren't good enough. New four on, we win the game. So, like, there's, I don't know, there's only so much progression you can do with kind of, like, having five subs and having a big squad. Like, I feel like if there was a Dundalk that was winning every week and it was like, okay, we must perform to a certain standard, um, it would almost be better. But, look, I'm, look, I'm not complaining. As a Rovers fan, it's great. But almost, it's starting to feel a bit like a, a one-horse race at times, which is not what you want for the neutral. But that, that, the, the point Luke makes there is essentially like Shamrock Jack, Jack uh, Stephen Bradley would have learned more tonight, a lot more tonight than he learned from the Sligo Rovers game when they won four 0 He learned a lot tonight because he can't be absolutely happy with what he saw tonight. If he, if you were happy with tonight, Rovers will not succeed uh, in the way that we think they should because there were aspects of tonight he can't be happy with and he learned from that he learned a lot more from that than hammering a team 3-0 Yeah, there's no doubt about that uh, we are going to talk a lot more about Shamrock Rovers because look, I guess there's a touch of the uh, Manchester City's about them and Pep Guardiola today getting frustrated with the constant questioning when they're top of the league and on the verge of a title and they're four points clear yet still we're questioning just how good the Shamrock Rovers side are Luke, thanks as always for the call Thanks lads, cheers
Uh, that is us done, I think, for League of Ireland late night. We've had more callers than ever before after a huge night in the league. Uh, Shane, thank you. Did you get back home? You didn't run out of diesel? You didn't put petrol in instead of diesel? And I am literally, literally pulling into my front driveway. That worked out oh. very nicely. Well, we've passed the time for you on your uh, trip home from Tallaght. Johnny, thank you as always. Thanks, Nathan. Uh, lovely to see your uh, lovely to see your daughter. Um, I think your 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 line on on Instagram was, "Will will she get to half time?" And I was saying that time at at at, the, at this particular moment, Shamrock Rovers just want to get to half time and, and and get in and get in at nil all. So hopefully she stayed to the end as well. No, she got she she, she got to half time and not much more. I am fortunately, but uh, it was on TV, so it was all fine. But listen, it was her first experience in three years of age, getting to the League of Ireland. Sun is shining. What more can you want on a Friday night, eh? Brilliant. Yeah, and like you know, the 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 TV. I wasn't at the games. The TV was showing like um, Gavin Bazuna, who, by the way, was at his third League of Ireland game in a week, um, and basically was the perfect gentleman, probably like he was with the other two. And Paul McGinley and his dad. It it, it is. It seems like watching League of Ireland games and certainly watching Sean Groves and Tala is becoming a bit of a thing now, and the, the league's in a great place. On that note, we shall leave it there. Johnny, great stuff as always. Thanks for joining us. Podcast up if you missed the start of the show or missed any of it. Uh, Willow Callan always does us a solid and gets the podcast up early on a Saturday morning. Uh, just get onto the OTB Sports app or the website and you can download the podcast every week. We shall talk to you next Friday. Good luck.